Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tim Donnelly here for DraftKings. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of NASCAR, and it is now live in North Carolina. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports anytime, anywhere, right here in North Carolina with DraftKings. For a limited time, new customers who sign up with promo code 999 and bet $5 will receive $250 instantly in bonus bets. DraftKings has the best features, including same-game parlays, player props, and more, with fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using code 999 and bet $5 to get $250 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code 999. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 8-777-185-543 or visit morethanagame.nc.gov. 21 plus, North Carolina only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook slash NC. NASCAR is not a sponsor of this promotion and used under license. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to a Canes Corner Podcast. I'm Adam Gold. I thank you very much for hanging out. Yes, it has been a while, and I apologize for that. Uh, we've had some things that we have had to have uh, had to do, and uh, there wasn't a ton of Hurricanes news once the season came to an end, and we rehashed everything with Luke DeCock and Alec Campbell. Uh, but we got some things planned over the next couple of weeks that I think will re-engage you, the Kaniac out there. Uh, we uh, uh, will kind of get ready for the draft and free agency and start kind of thinking forward about that. We'll talk to Rod Brindamore down the road, get his thoughts, not really just on the season that was, but the seasons to come, uh, and where he sees some of the emerging stars on his team. Uh, but uh, so we'll, we'll kind of do all those types of things over the next several weeks. We are in the midst of the Stanley Cup finals as we sit here right now. It is Thursday night, uh, Friday. We will have game four of the finals with Dallas trailing Tampa by a 2-1 count in games. And that's been a fun series so far. Dallas was great in game one. Tampa uh, blew Dallas's doors off in the first period of games two and three. Dallas just isn't the type of team that can come from behind. With, uh, with all that said, uh, here's what we've got today. Uh, and we will talk with the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, Tom Dundon. Uh, and we will we'll cover uh, what he's doing now. We'll cover... The team will cover what he thought of the season. We'll see if we can pry out of him uh, what he's planning to do with Andrei Svechnikov and Dougie Hamilton, uh, the two most important contracts that are due, not this year, but next year. But what do we know about waiting too long? You wait one more year and the price goes up. We'll see how what he thinks about that. We'll talk about how the NHL handled the pandemic. 
What will what does he see coming up next year? Will we have an outdoor game? A lot of things that I am uh, planning on asking Tom Dundon, including what drew him to Rod Brindamore, uh, who is the ultimate difference maker uh, for this franchise, in my opinion, and I think in Tom's opinion as well. Uh, but before we get to Tom Dundon, let me remind you that we are brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can get it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Uh, best customer service in the industry, workmanship you cannot even come close to matching, uh, and uh, just they just do a great job. You know, windows, gutters, gutter helmets, roofing, everything, decking. They, they got it, siding, uh, all at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Uh, with no further ado, the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, Tom Dundon. What's on your agenda right now? What's on the front burner for Tom Dundon and the Carolina Hurricanes? Well, um, yeah, I mean, look, it's you're still a little frustrated, so. Oh, you're still not over it. I don't think so. <laughs> I hope not. But, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's it's a little harder now to get better, right? It was it was easier mm-hmm. in the past, and now it's harder. And so, and with a flat cap for we don't know how long, you know, there's a different set of challenges now, which is, you know, trying to figure out how do you keep all your really good players and you know, potentially make room for more, right? Where mm-hmm. I think I think in the past maybe we didn't have enough good players. Now we have enough good players. And so if you're going to if you're gonna get a player, you have to be sure, right? right. You have to be sure that they're actually better and that's that's pretty tough right now. Uh, so I mean you you kind of broad broad pictured all of it, but uh, you're on your agenda right now. I'm sure you guys are prepping for the draft. Uh, and free agency, which is going to begin, I would imagine, right pretty much after the draft and some other things uh, that are going on. So before we actually go back and and kind of uh, go over the season, both pre-pause and post-pause, uh, is there a way you guys are leaning in the draft? I know, uh, look, I read mock drafts. I'm not sure what value mock drafts have, uh, but everybody seems to say you are taking a goalie. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I think they're directionally pretty good, right? And people right. like if you, it's not very often the fifth player gets taken twenty fifth. So I think you know the people doing it are 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 qualified to have an opinion. I don't know that anybody would be qualified to figure out what we're going to do because we haven't figured it out. Um, and it depends on so many variables. You know what happens that day. Right. It would be difficult to envision us taking a goalie or defense. Um, given we have a philosophy um, that we've talked about in the past, right? So, yes, um, nobody's expecting not, you to take a defenseman in the first round. Yeah, probably, <laughs> and I think I think you probably you probably put goalie in there too. Um, and I think, look, when we talk about not taking something in the first round, I think it's more if you have a really high pick. Um, you know, when you get down to the bottom of the first round or the second, then it doesn't, you know, there's not, there's no, there's no kind of biases at that point, right? You just mm-hmm. take the person that's highest on the list. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't think it's likely that we would do it on the goalie or the defense, but, you know, you, there's no absolutes, right? right. If it's, you know, 
you watch uh, you watch the Stanley Cup Finals. There's a couple of those guys you'd be crazy not to take, right? Mm-hmm. So there's 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 exceptions to every rule for sure, but I, I think we would lean towards you know guys who can score lots of goals. <laughs> Scoring lots of goals certainly is uh, is fun. And look, it's uh, it, I know at at least at the top of the draft, maybe the first. I don't know, eight to 10 picks, it does seem like there's a lot of really good players. It does seem that a lot of the players just looking at their dimensions, uh, you know, their vitals, height, weight, things like that, they're kind of similar in the 5'10 to 6 foot, you know, 180 pound range. You have a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, you watch Braden Point. <laughs> Yeah, he's, a, so, he's different. He's, he's a different. He's not very, he's not very big. No, so but, I don't, he, but he's a different. He's a different. Uh, it's a different type of player. It's a little bit yeah, more we, physical. Yeah, that's a choice. I think you mm-hmm. know. I think that's a choice for each player. But yeah, I don't think we care about the size. Okay. As, a, as a general rule, we just want. We just as a as an organization, I think we just try to take the best player. And if he happens right. to be big, you know, I think if the best player. If two players are the same, would you take the bigger one? Probably, but it's not. You know, it's not that simple. Right, and, um, and size didn't necessarily mean anything for Julian Gauthier, who doesn't look like he's going to be a top six NHL forward, but he can certainly be a bottom a bottom six addition. He's uh, he's big, and I think, frankly, I'm not even arguing with the trade. I think the trade you made was good because Gauthier is not ready to contribute on any grand scale, and the time was ticking for him. Uh, and you bought yourself some time and a good prospect in Joey Keane. So I don't. Uh, I think most Hurricanes fans are, are pretty good with that trade anyway. Yeah, I mean, you'll see over time, right? No one really knows right. when you do it. But yeah, because he is so big and fast, he's going to play. And well, once again, if you if you have two exact same players, everybody wants the bigger, faster one, right? But you know, I I've looked back at our lists, and you know, we had Aho about where we picked him back Mm -hmm. then and the only reason is because he was probably 5 10 165 (laughs) pounds or whatever he is he's a little taller than that but so yeah i mean i don't think anyway i don't think i think size is a variable that used to matter more to people and now you know you look at you just looking for the best player and so you know but look i don't make picks just to be clear oh come on I a hundred percent have nothing to do with who we pick. I, I have biases that I try to push on people in right. terms of, you know, make sure you don't fall in love with size or toughness or, you know, any one characteristic, right? Make sure we're, we're not, you know, if you're a scout and you grew up in Finland, you may like Finnish players more. Or if right. you're a Canadian scout, you might like Canadian players more. Um, if you watch a game and you see somebody big and physical, and they win the Stanley cup, you might overrate that. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to make sure that, that we get lots of opinions and we don't have biases and we understand, you know, the value of replacing a player and what their upside is and all those things. But ultimately, you know, I, the only player I've ever watched was Sveshnikov. Like when we got the second pick, I watched a bunch of those people. Yeah. So I watched the guys that were ranked highest. Um, but other than that, you know, I've, I've never really, I couldn't. You ever watch junior? Do you ever watch junior hockey? It's not much fun to watch. <laughs> I watch. Uh, I watch twelve-year-old hockey right now. Well, when it's your twelve-year-old, it's a blast, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Hey, look, man, if he can skate backwards, and I, uh, I've got maybe a future 
uh, left defenseman for you. Um, nice. He's also a good passer uh, and a pretty good puck mover for a 12-year-old playing his first year. Um, right, well, <laughs> it perfect. is fun. It is fun watching your kid play hockey. Nothing better. It's, uh, it is amazing, and he's probably more at home on the ice than he is anywhere else, uh, except maybe at home. Um, let's not shell the season. So, uh, and I, I want to separate into two spots. Uh, because there's a lot of ways to look at the season. You already said you're still kind of uh, not quite over it. Uh, but what are, what, what are your thoughts about the, we'll go pre-pause and post-pause? Um, you know, I don't know that there was much difference, really. You know, you would have liked to have been, you would like to have been healthier. Um, but every probably 100% of the teams would say that, or almost all of them. And Look, I just thought we had a couple games uh, where we weren't at our best at the wrong time. And, you know, we talked about it. We, we probably weren't thrilled with some of the calls, but, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to do, referee, referee in these games. Right. And so uh, I think the number one thing is we just had a couple games that weren't our best uh, against a team that that's really good and that's unfortunate. And if I thought, if I thought, or we thought the organization thought that was because we have some fatal flaw, I'd have a different opinion. Mm-hmm. Be a lot less frustrating if you knew, well, that's what was supposed to happen because we're missing A, B, or C, but we're not, you know? And so that's the most frustrating part is we just happen to have a couple bad games at the, or a couple bad periods at the wrong time. And you got to make the playoffs every year. So, you know, you get that year where you don't. Let let me give you my opinion, and then we can work off that because I want to see what you if uh, if what you think jives with what I think. Uh, regular season, I was a little disappointed. Um, there was uh, there was a lot of talk about playing to an identity that I'm not even sure that they knew what their identity was until maybe a little bit later. And it's more difficult year one year to the next is a little bit more difficult. Not having Justin Williams. Uh, on the ice until February probably had something to do with that, um, but certainly got great years out of Aho and Svechnikov and Teravainen and Dougie Hamilton was a different player. Um, but it just after that first st- fat, pretty fast start, it was essentially a 500 team, uh, kind of until they looked like they might have been hitting their stride. Uh, that's the way I looked at the the pre-pause. Um, but the, uh, the return, I w- I actually was okay with it. I thought they were dominant against the Rangers and I think Boston maybe is just a bad matchup because the advantage that the hurricanes have, which is speed doesn't really work on Boston's defense because Boston's defense is really fast. Just like, uh, Dallas would be a bad matchup because there's such good skaters on the back end that it's difficult to take advantage of them. I think you guys would have beaten Washington. I think you would have beaten the Islanders. Uh, Heck, I even give you a chance to beat Tampa, although Tampa looks pretty good right now. Yeah, I mean, look, I think we can, you know, we truly can beat anybody. We are, we were probably in the, you know, we were on a 9,900 point pace. Mm -hmm. So would it feel different if instead of starting fast, we had started more normal and won two more games in the middle of the season versus in the front? Like at the end of the day, you just got to be on a hundred point pace. And, you know, ideally you're on a little higher pace than that in the future, you know, that you're competing for one of the best couple records in the league consistently. And I think we've got the talent to do that. 
and so yeah, I probably don't agree on the identity part. I just okay. think you know it's a tight it's a tight league, and we probably maybe we're one or two games off where we might have been. But you know, you win two or three more in a row, and oh, I'm not even different. judging it on points. I'm uh, honestly, I, I I thought the point pace was uh, was probably okay. Um, yeah. the identity of this team a year ago was heavy forecheck and uh, relentless behind the defense. And I don't know that the team really established that on any consistent basis this year. I think it's fair to say that, you know, this is, I give a lot of the coaches a lot of credit, right? We, we do, we do it right almost every day. And maybe last year, not this year, but last year we probably had one or two times where it didn't look right. Maybe this year we had three or four times where it didn't look right which is still pretty good. And mm-hmm. I think probably the most, and this is, you and I, we talked about this, probably the difference is we were considered a night off three years ago. Yeah. And then last year people knew we were pretty good, but it was still, you know, and then I think this year we are one of the teams that you're measured by and we didn't get that anymore. And we're, we probably have to realize that we couldn't just, I just, as soon as you have to realize it, I think the reality is we weren't sneaking up on anybody. We were probably getting people's best. And the truth is historically, we probably didn't, they didn't need their best to beat us. And so that's probably why it didn't look as good because maybe the other team was slightly more motivated when they played us. And so we clearly, if we're a little better as we go forward, then maybe we make up that gap again. But like I say, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're really good, which is why it's so frustrating. <laughs> and, and, but I, I don't disagree. There were probably a couple nights where the team wasn't happy um, because they know how good they can be, right? There weren't any moral, vic- there's no moral victories anymore. No, no, uh, no, just competing and uh, playing somebody tight uh, is not, uh, that's not the bar. The, the bar yeah. is winning and the bar really is advancing deep into the playoffs. And I, I, I'm not uh, like, Kidding! I, I actually thought this team could win the Stanley Cup when they entered oh, the bubble. I really did. Of course, did. we could. Um, no, we have one hundred percent. We can, yeah. and that's it's not it's not a guess, right? It's it's a fact. And so now you either do it or you don't. But there's there's a decent handful of teams that that's true about, right? And we're in that conversation now. And you know what's good is it was never we had a couple bad games, but it was never lack of effort. It was never. You know, there's no selfishness, there's no greed, there's no drama. Um, these guys, you know, the thing to be proud of is from the coaches to the players, the staff, every single day, it's right. You know, we do it right. And if you have the talent and you do it right, um, you won't, you, you, you'll have enough times where things go your way. And we just, like I say, we had a couple of games where it just didn't go our way. Did and we uh, lost. Did you did you need any home repairs at, during the third period of Game Four? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, there are there's a whole number of things that you know keep you up at night and drive you crazy that are out of your control. Um, and you know, a big part of hockey is luck too. You got to be good enough to where when you get the luck, you win. And and uh, I think we were, and we didn't get the luck. Someday, if we just we just keep having a team this good for five, mm-hmm. six, seven, ten years, we'll you know we'll get the break, we'll get the call, it'll it'll work out fine. All right. So, where do you think the team needs improving the most? 
<sighs> wow. Um, I think it's actually just a little bit everywhere. I don't think there's any, there's any real weakness. Um, so I, I don't, I, like I say, I think it's very difficult to pinpoint that. I think you could ask 10 experts. I mean, every team needs another top six forward and every team, right. you know, would love to have a, a hard nosed power forward or a tough defenseman or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't think our, I don't think we have holes as much as, you know, keep looking for the opportunity to get a little bit better at every, at every spot. Uh, but I think the universal answer for every team in the league would be, you know, another first line, another first line forward, because you want to have more than three, four, five, you want to have right. 10. And so, <laughs> but you know, we have guys, you know, you have guys like Tatis and Nita Ryder and Trocek that are, are right on the edge there. Right. And if things go their way, they're first line, they're first line players. And so, you know, we just need things to go, to go their way. And you probably think different about it. Uh, and that's, what we have to be careful of, right? Not everybody, it doesn't go your way every game, every season, every shift. And, but you still have to take a step back and look at the talent and look at the upside and the potential. And that's what we're trying to do. Right. Not, not, there's no one to blame. That's what's good. Mm-hmm. It's not, there's, there is no silver bullet here. Well, look, the, uh, the improvement Sebastian Ajo made even over, you know, a year ago where he was excellent. Uh, and I know he was hurt when he got to the postseason, but you know, he was still a good player. Just wasn't the same. Uh, but this year he was outstanding pretty much all year. He was dominant in the series against the Rangers. He was good against Boston, uh, Boston's obviously a tough matchup for him because uh, a lot of the time he's going to have to deal with arguably the best line in the sport of uh, Bergeron, Marshawn, and Pasternak. Uh, but I thought he was great. I thought Svechnikov, unfortunately, got hurt in that series, but he'll be fine. Uh, Svech had a monster year, and I think he's going to get much better going forward. Uh, so you've got you've got the top line. Uh, now, how do you get your second line? Because I thought the difference in the Boston series was that their best player wasn't even on that top line. I thought their best player was David Krejci. So how does your how do you get your second line to be a line that could also carry you? Yeah, I mean, look, that's why we traded for Trocheck, right? And so if you put those three guys together, which you know I don't know that you always will, um, you know, Trocheck, Niederreiter, Natchez is pretty good. And that doesn't mean that's who the second line is, right? Because right. I think Fogel, Fogel can play there, and Martin. I mean, we have so many, we have enough good players. I mean, I think Stahl's one of the best players in the league, and so uh, he just does it different than everybody else. So when you have when you have Stahl and Natchez and Niederreiter and Trocheck and 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 Fogel and Martin, I mean, you're you're fine, right? Mm-hmm. Like and they maybe that second line for them in those couple games produced more. Um, but I mean, that fifth game, we could have had six, right? Yeah. And, and if we, if, if we, I think we outchanced them by a whole bunch that last game. And if some of those go in, maybe we're having a different conversation now. So you got to step back and look at the talent and not the result. Now, if the talent doesn't get the result over a long period of time, then you have to reevaluate your judgment of the player. But I don't believe that for our players. Like I think, I think it's it's just it's just unfortunate that we didn't score goals for a couple games, you know. Mm-hmm. And so 
Is, is, it, yeah. is it a fair assessment that uh, you think that just a little bit more growth with a guy like Natchez uh, and even Aho, Svechnikov, Teravainen taking another step? I mean, we're talking about guys who are still in their early 20s. I mean, Teravainen at 26, I think, is the oldest of, uh, of the guys I just mentioned. Uh, and Trocek, another year being comfortable, more comfortable in his surroundings, getting back to the player he was maybe two or three years ago pre-injury, uh, that, that essentially improvements from within uh, are, do you think, enough to carry this team another step forward? Yeah, I mean, look, I think more importantly, I think that's what Roddy thinks. So, okay. um, yeah, I don't think we have to do anything, which is the nice thing, right? We're trying to do things to get better. But we don't, like I say, I don't think we have a need. Um, it's not like we have to go out and overpay in assets to get something because we can't win without it. Okay. We could take the team we've got and, you know, I think we're favored against most teams. In a, it, for me, I don't know what anybody else would think. I, I just look at it and say, you know, that's okay for us, right? We'll give that a shot against all these teams. And so... Um, so yeah, I don't I don't think there's any one thing to do, but you know, change is part of this business and you you have to be pretty careful now that you don't change and get worse because you're frustrated because things went bad for 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 a month or two months or whatever, right? Mhm. Right, let's uh, let's talk about some uh, players specifically. Uh, you don't have any pressing needs in terms of uh uh contracts that you must sign. You've got some uh restricted free agents in uh, in Fogel and Fleury, I don't anticipate there being a major problem in those getting done, although I think they both have arbitration rights. I'm sure you want to uh, avoid them, and you already said that you think Fogel can play up, and I agree. Uh, at time, From time to time, Fogel is an effective uh, top-six player with the way he plays. He just needs to do that on a consistent basis. But let's talk about Andre Svechnikov and Dougie Hamilton, who are each going into the final years of contracts. Uh, let's deal with Svech first. Uh, what are your plans? And I know there's a, there's a pandemic and the impact of that kind of, you know, has you a little bit up against it, but what are your thoughts on how you're going to approach Svechnikov? I mean, obviously I love the kid. So, and everybody does, and he's a star. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's, I have no plans on him ever playing anywhere else. Uh, so don't you tell know, him that. Well, he knows. I mean, I'm not going to not tell these guys. Okay. So, um, yeah, he's, we'll, we've got time, right? I mean, we got another year and then, and then you, you could do a bridge deal. You could do a long-term deal, whatever it is, we're going to do a deal, right? Eventually we'll do a deal when, when it all works. But, you know, this is the hard part of the business is mm -hmm. how do you take care of the people who are deserve it? And you want these guys to do as well as they can financially, um, at the same time, you want to keep the flexibility to have the best team you can. So every, every player and every organization is trying to balance how much can you pay somebody and leave room to make sure you win because no one wants to win more than that kid. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean, doesn't mean he should not get paid to help us win. Right. So you got to find a way to do both and that's, we will. Do you wait? Because I mean, this is what we know from professional sports. Hey, you live in you live in Dallas. Jerry Jones is about to find this out when he's going to go pay Dak Prescott. Uh, the longer you wait, the more expensive it gets. 
Uh, I mean, you experienced that with Sebastian Ajo a little bit. Uh, so yeah. what's right? I mean, we, you know, if, uh, if things had happened a year earlier, it would have been uh, one number. It happens a year uh, when you don't have that option, and it, uh, the number's higher by however many, you know, one point something million. Uh, so what do you, is there a sense of urgency to get it done now to get some certainty? And, I mean, you want Svechnikov to make a lot of money. We all do. Uh, and I'm sure he does, but if you could get it at a lower number, you're going to get it at a lower number. Yeah, look, my only the only reason you'd be in a rush is if is is more the human side of it, right? You want you want to take the risk out for these for these kids and make sure that you know if you if you do it a year early or two years early, um, you you may end up getting a lower number, but then they've got the certainty for the rest of their life. And Mm -hmm. some people choose that and some people don't. And I'm not, it's a really hard decision. I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure I could advocate either way. Um, I think you're right. Uh, In the past, a hundred percent got more expensive if you waited. And now I actually don't think that's true anymore. I think uh, at very least it's going to be, I think it's going to be flat for a while for, these star players, um, and it might even go down. I, I don't know, but I think we're at a lot less risk today than we were, you know, the last five years, the RFA numbers have gotten out of, you know, not shouldn't say gotten out of hand. They've changed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that trend had continued, what you said would be right, that you'd be trying as quickly as you could to get a deal done. But what I found is when that trend is going that way, they, it's hard to get a deal done, right? right. So, uh, Jerry, I'm sure the Cowboys were trying to get their deal done with the guy, right? And and he he was right, the player was right, but you know, player could get hurt tomorrow or have a really sure. terrible season. So, you know, it's that whole are you you're paying for knowledge a little bit, right? If player stays healthy and performs, um, the economics of the league keep getting better than the player makes more money and if the economics you know you have a pandemic or you get an injury then then it you the player gets less money so i don't i don't think there's a wrong there's a bad outcome either way if you wait and pay a little more for certainty that's fine and if you you do it early because you pay a little less but you you know you leave yourself more cap space but you take the risk of not seeing what the player becomes so you know it's pretty balanced outcome either way but either way for that player, for Svechnikov, he ain't playing anywhere else. He's going to be with us for 20 years. Uh, even though this is a podcast, I can actually hear people cheering right now. Yeah. He's a, he's hockey aside, he's a dynamite kid. The best. Like he's, he once, once he gets a little bit more adept in English. And I say the same thing about Aho, by the way, who's got a great sense of humor. And as soon as he gets his English gets a little bit better and it's already pretty good. Um, I, those guys are going to be absolute superstars just, you know, around town uh, because they have such an infectious personality. What about Dougie? Uh, Hamilton had a great year, um, and but this is the last year of his deal. He kind of makes the offense go. He was the fourth leading scorer even on, on the team, even though he missed uh, about six weeks or so. Uh, so uh, what are your thoughts about trying to get Dougie done now or – uh, and I, I think this is, would be absolutely understandable. Make him do it again. I, I, I believe he'll do it again. So it's, I don't think, I don't think it's as much that as, you know, with what's going on in the world, 
I don't think anybody knows what the market is right, right now, you know? So I think that one's harder. Um, there's also the expansion draft coming next year. And so, um, it's, uh, that one's harder. I mean, I have no intention of him not being here either. I, he's literally one of the favorite people I've met in the sport. He's, yeah. he's extremely intelligent the way he's treated his teammates and Sebastian and what everybody thinks of him. And, you know, you've seen the way he treats fans. And yep. I think he's, he's just a big, a big part of now of what we're trying to do here. And so you hope that you can get that done. It's a little, it's a little harder when a person can be a free agent in a year versus someone who's restricted, right? Yep. The, the risk for both sides is higher, but, um, you know, clearly it's our intention and I think he shares it to find a way to get something done. I think he wants to be here, and we we desperately want to keep him. I, I, I just want to explore uh, the Dougie personality for a second a little bit more because the reputation of Hamilton preceded him, whether it was from Boston to Calgary or Calgary to here, and you read what you read. Uh, and um, and I, I, have, I think Dougie got off to a slow start. He had a hand injury. Uh, he might have been a little surly to some media members in the locker room, which is fine. None of us should ever take that personally, and I don't. But it, but you see it. Um, but what 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 really sticks out to me about Hamilton uh, is that he genuinely cares about the guys, and 100%. Uh, the way he has established friendships with. Uh, with Svechnikov, with Fogel, and I'll even go back to the way he treated Mike Maniscalco. We're going to talk about him in a little bit. Uh, when Mike had his uh, his episode on the road where he had to go to the hospital uh, and there was a, a, a huge health scare, the way Hamilton uh, you know, talked about Mike, that just shows a side of him that is just above and beyond hockey, a guy you want to have around. No, I agree. He's, he's, he's a really just genuinely good person. And, and, you know, it's not just the couple guys you talked about. I think his teammates really, really like him. And I don't look, I don't buy into what people said about people who were 20 years old or whatever happened in, in their past. And there was never anything really bad. Like when we dug into him, it was, it was probably the perception in the world was different than the true reality anyway. Right. Um, and, you know, we've had him long enough to know how lucky we are because he's, like I say, it's, it's, it's hard to be a star and be humble. Right. And that's, <laughs> it sounds easy, but that's why there's all the, you know, the stories of these rock stars that ruin their lives. Right. Cause they get <laughs> attention and think they're, think they're self-important or whatever it is, narcissistic. And, you know, this guy's, super prideful about his job, but you know, also cares about other people. So yeah, he's, he's as good as it gets as a person. So Un you're right. Untouchable players. How many untouchable players are on your roster right now? <laughs> Probably Rod. He doesn't play anymore, right? He could. Yeah. Rod's, Rod's Did probably you see the, the one. pictures? Did you see the pictures when they played, uh, they were, uh, throwing a frisbee around. Uh, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, it's embarrassing, right? <laughs> Come I'm on. just glad there aren't pictures of us. I, we wouldn't uh, want those same pictures. I, I have not taken my shirt off in public in 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> You're a smart man. <laughs> <Hey>. um, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I guess I think there are. I think there's a couple. I mean, there's, you know, whenever you sit around talking about would you do this for that or, you know, there's there's a, there's definitely a couple that that uh um that we would not we can guess we at it, right? We, we can say 20 is untouchable, right? Yeah, 20 is pretty good. Table's pretty good. Andre's pretty good. Yeah. Slavin's pretty good. Dougie's pretty good. But, you know, um, I tell you, I, I think I'm pretty happy with with most of them. I, I, I think it's a high probability we just stick with what we got and give it a shot. You know, I mean, we're pretty good. Also, the contracts so. that they have. So, uh, whether or not you could find somebody better than Pesci, I'm not. I, I'm a personal fan of Brett Pesci. But no, I could tell you, you you're not going to find someone better than you're not. No, certainly you know, not at four million. No, or at five. Like right. it doesn't matter the number. He's really a good player. I actually think that was, you know, that was a pretty big. That hurt a lot in the playoffs. Probably, I don't think people realize how good he is. So, yeah. I mean, they do because people call about him all the time. But yeah, that's he's you know, not a secret like, anymore. I, I remember when um, uh, when uh, William Nylander was uh, was having his problems with Toronto in terms of he wasn't going to sign, and uh, and everybody in Toronto was like, "Oh man, uh, send him to uh, to Carolina. Carolina wants him. Uh, we can get Slavin and something." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> there's, there's no chance they'd trade Slavin for Nylander even up. No, I mean, we're not sure. Like, I mean, I mean, like part of this is there is something about whether, whatever, whatever the culture is um, and what we're trying to do there. Even if a player was as good, there are certain people that you just want around and you just don't take that risk. Like right. you, you can play so good and be such a good person um, that it makes it, you know, I don't, untouchable is probably wrong because I, you would never want to, you know, you, you don't want to say never, but sure. it's, it's very, very, very difficult to even consider certain people because of their talent and character. And yes, their contract, the contracts do come into it, right? Um, you could have a high talent, high character person, that uses up so much cap space that they can't, mm-hmm. you couldn't keep them. I don't think we're in that position with any of the people you're talking about. Yeah. And yeah. hopefully we never are. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you need to get with, uh, get with Andre soon. Uh, unless, unless you're right in this situation and it really doesn't matter because of the pandemic and the business of the league, we're going to get to the business of the league in just a second. I want to ask you just kind of something just jumped out at me because you talked about when I asked you who's untouchable, you said Rod, um, and I don't, I don't want to talk about his coaching ability, but the culture that he built, uh, and then obviously under your uh, under your leadership here, but what Rod has been able to establish in terms of a culture uh, with the Hurricanes, what is your view of what he has done? Well, I had nothing to do with it. It's him. But uh, look, I don't know. He just can do it. Like, I don't know you could, you know, I don't think you can copy him, you know, it's probably like football, right? These guys leave Belichick, they go other places and they try to do it like him, but they're not him. And that's, I don't know how to explain it. Right. He's, he's just a good person who works really hard and people, people know he cares about him and they want to work hard for him. And, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. And I don't think you could just find somebody else to do it. I just think it's just in his DNA. It's just, we're just very fortunate, right. That he happened to be here and, 
And then, uh, cause I don't think, I think we, you, you knew him pretty well, better yeah. than I did. I felt pretty comfortable, but you couldn't be sure. Right. Like anytime someone's doing something for the first time, you can't be a hundred percent sure. And so, you know, it's nice now to be a hundred percent sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, what, what occurred to me about Rod, and I don't think it occurred to me be, when uh, I advocated for him getting the job back uh, in uh, the day after Bill Peters left to take the Calgary job. You did both publicly and privately, by yeah, the way. Yeah, absolutely. I remember. Because um, I have known Rod for a long time, and there was a time we didn't necessarily get along. But uh, Oh, yeah. No, he doesn't really like you, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's fine uh i'm just kidding i know i know that but the the thing that occurred to me about rod was that he cares so much about not this isn't a job to him right this is like i don't know that he really wants to be a coach anywhere else uh or wanted to be a coach anywhere else this is the job he wanted uh and he cares so much and he gets other people to care and that is a unique ability for any coach. Yeah, I agree. And, and look, I, you know, the, the honest part of this is it was a little embarrassing, right? If you were part of this organization, um, and I talked to this about, I talked with a couple of different players about it, right? If you, let's say a player makes the all-star team or goes to the world championships or the Olympics, you know, and one guy's with the Chicago Blackhawks or LA Kings or, and you're with the Carolina Hurricanes, you know that brand didn't carry the same weight, mm-hmm. didn't have the same power. And Rod didn't know that. Like in Rod's mind, this was always a great place, a great brand, a great yeah. city, great fans. And he couldn't accept uh, that the reality was it wasn't, and he wasn't going to, he couldn't accept it. And it, I actually, it was one of the things that drew me to him is like my thought was, we were a long way away from changing that brand and he didn't believe that. Like he, he was proud of it then. And, you know, I probably wasn't proud enough of it in the beginning. Um, and now I'm maybe (laughs) I'm really proud of it. Right. Like I, I think what we stand for, what it means, how good our players are, you know, how good it works when we can have fans and the buildings full. Like I think all those things now have come to a point where, where we're probably better than people realize, and that's what you want to be, right? Like, you you want to be proud of your brand. You want to be pr- so. I think now players want to play here, and I think people realize that we're doing something. And I think a lot of it was because he he saw it probably first. Yeah, he's uh, he is a unique guy. Look, uh, I value Rod's helped me a lot. Um, I've had I've I've said. A ton of things about Rod Brindamore, uh, and I don't want to keep it too much longer. But uh, I absolutely—he's one of the—I think he's one of the best people I've ever met in sports, uh, and it has nothing to do with coaching or his ability as a player. Simply one of the best people uh, I've ever met. All right, I, I want to spend the last five or so minutes talking about the business, not just of the team, but how the league handled the return, the pandemic, and the. Uh, the bubble and the playoffs. So uh, just your thoughts on the return and how it has impacted things. I mean, I'm glad we got to play, right? I mean, these guys put in a lot of work. You want to see it through, even if it doesn't end the way you want, you wanted to find out who was the best. 
Um, I think it looks really good on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about, I, I probably would have done it a little different. Um, but, uh, you do have to give them credit for how, how it looks and how it's turned out. What would you have um, done differently? So, well, I, I wasn't in for the play in, the play in round. Oh, okay. I, I, I just, I just thought it was too much. Um, but you know, we were in the playoffs without a play in round. So, you know, I can't say that I was an unbiased observer. And I, I'd like to think I was, I, I, I tried to think it through different. I, I just, I was just worried about that long, you know, mm-hmm. people being in a bubble for that long. Um, I just thought it was just a lot. And, uh, but that's a small thing, right? It worked out good. I mean, imagine if we had gone straight to play in Boston, played the way we played, we'd be <laughs> thinking we were terrible. And, uh, so at least we got to see those those three Rangers game and you know that fifth game against Boston. So most of our games we were pretty good, yeah. right? And um, so you know and but no, I think it I think it was fine. I think it's unfortunate the timing was bad because we we had we had had we had the most home games in the league coming. We had we were pretty much sold out the rest of the year. Yeah. Um. So you know, although you know, I guess we wouldn't have had Dougie, uh, so. Maybe. Well, Maybe he would have been, been harder. He, I mean, theoretically, he was, uh, you know, scheduled to come back at least for the playoffs. He wouldn't have had Pesci. For, he wouldn't have been sure. back. No, you, you don't Dougie, think so? Not for the first couple of rounds. I mean, he might have been back, but he wouldn't have been. Oh, okay. You know, he was. He was. You. I, I'm not saying he couldn't have played, but it wouldn't have been a great idea. Gotcha. And it probably wouldn't have. Wouldn't have been. I mean, look. You never say never, right? You probably do your rehab different. You probably do some things different. He was really trying hard to get mm-hmm. back. But, you know, I remember the time that we would have started the playoffs and seeing where he was. And that wasn't, you probably wouldn't, have, you, you wouldn't put, you wouldn't put gotcha. one of your players, you wouldn't push him that hard, I don't think. All right, let's look ahead to next year real quick. Fewest fans that you can start for, from, from a Hurricanes perspective, fewest fans you would want to start the next season with in the building on a percentage basis? Oh, boy, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I, I want to play, right? Like, we got a good team. We're in their prime. You want to play? Mm-hmm. Um, I do not like watching hockey. I do not like playing games where our fans aren't there. I think we have an advantage. Um, I believe we gain an advantage greater than most um, playing in our building. Mm-hmm. And so you want to be able to exploit that. Um, but you also want to play. So I couldn't put a number on it. It's, it's, there's so many variables that go into it. Um, but I think what I've seen when you see these reduced fans thing, it doesn't look that great to me in these no. other sports it doesn't look like that much fun. So, you know, I, I just hope we're at a point where I, I think fans coming in being that far apart, and you, you can't really put very many people in your building. You know, you could say put 50% in, but it's not really practical um, by the time you spread people out. And so I, I, I can't answer it as much as let's just, let's just hope that at some point I'd like to be at a hundred percent, right? Like let's just get to a hundred percent and hope that the world evolves to where that's possible. I think we're starting in January, February. I don't even have a guess. I mean, I don't, um, if I, if I knew, I think you have to ask scientists that question, right? right? Like, but, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. What the, I don't even know. I haven't kept up with the, what the NHL said. I think what they say, December or November or something. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. They said December one, but Gary, even Gary Bettman uh, kind of rolls his eyes uh, when somebody really December first. He goes, "Look, we'd love to, but you know, uh, yeah, it's it's probably going to be. My guess is the earliest would be probably mid January, uh, but we're probably talking about February. But he did say playing eighty two games. Uh, at what point do you have to even consider? Uh, getting in the way of the following season if you're going to try and play 82 games starting, even if you started the middle of January. It's hard to play 82 games and then not run into the, you can't You can't avoid running into the next season, so you just move, be moving the calendar. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess. I, I, I never, since, since, since this is a league thing, I had spent zero time looking at the calendar or worried about it. Like when they, I'd like, I think it's tough on the players because, you know, they don't want to go from zero to 60 and, you know, and getting into staying in shape and being ready to play the way I understand it are two different things. And, and so, um, I think it's, it's, it's probably a bigger concern for players. How hard do I work at what, at what stage and, you know, players, could ask us the same question. I'd probably give the same answer. Like, I just don't know. I have no idea. Is it fair to say that the outdoor game is probably a, uh, 2022, uh, season now? Yeah. You know, the NHL hasn't addressed it yet with us, but I mean, I think, yeah, it would be, I think you wait to the very last minute to make that decision because who knows what happens in the world. Uh Right. Um, but yeah, that, that's going to take a little bit of planning, you know, more than, more than two weeks. So (laughs) if it, if it does get pushed, I don't think it would get pushed now, but you know, I think your opinion's as good as, I I don't know anything more than you do about that other than you don't want to play that with, you don't want to play that with, with limited fans. We're not, I don't think you'd want to do that. So that's not an event anymore, right? No, it's no, no. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's you, the it's the Independence Bowl. Uh, if you, <laughs> exactly. You know, as um, no. shouts to my friend Tim Brando, who's like the uh, the honorary chairman of the Independence well, Bowl. It's like uh, it was like uh, like three years ago before I bought the team. I was watching the second game of the year. It was a Tuesday night, and there couldn't have been four thousand people in there. It was, it'd be like that. We had, <laughs> like, we had some rough nights. We yeah. had some rough nights where we were counting people. You know? Well, and they said, and then, and then they, and then it, the, you know, I don't know how they counted. I should probably find out, but you know, the numbers shown on the, you yeah, know, yeah. Is, I, I, yeah. I, I remember the games you're talking about and they were legitimately, it always looks like less than the number is. Um, so, you know, if it's, if it looks like 4,000, it's probably eight. Um, but yeah, it definitely looked pretty sparse. Um, yeah, but hey, what, as you as you've experienced winning, there's a little bit of a lag. But once you start winning, and especially this fan base, and I, I've told people this forever, uh, it took a, a lot of years of losing for the fans to stop coming. No, and, I agree with you. You so. you you told me this from the beginning, and I wasn't sure. But I mean, I think we we're going to be at twelve thousand season tickets from like five thousand, right? And you get to the point where you run out. Right. Cause you can't, you don't want all your seats to be season tickets because you got to leave some for walk-ups yep. and, and so, yeah. Building I mean, a fan base. Right. W- yeah. We were, I mean, we were probably a year away from being 
on a waiting list and season tickets, which I wouldn't have believed. And you, you would have, you would, you told me, but I was, it seemed so far away. Right. Yeah. And once again, that was so frustrating about the pause because the end of the year we were, we were, I mean, pretty much every game was sold out or going to be sold out. And it would have been, a, it's pretty fun in there when it's sold out, you know, it's, it's absolutely incredible. All right. A couple of very quick things. Uh, wolves versus checkers. Uh, I, you have convinced me that the move is not a bad one, uh, in our, uh, private conversations about this. Um, my, my only concern is that, uh, North Carolina based fans who can go see your prospects with the checkers now really can't do that on a regular basis that now that, that they're with the wolves. Uh, but there is a lot of positives. So tell give us a positive or two about the AHL team being with the Wolves. Yeah, I mean, look, it was, I think it'll give us the opportunity to have more call-up ready players. You know, you have a little better facilities, you have better training, you have way better travel. So the number one thing is they take bus rides for an hour or two hours um, versus the guys in Charlotte is really hard, right? They're having to fly on multiple. So you'd have like three different flights to get all the players on the flights and they'd have to spend extra days on the road. So we, we think we were losing 15 to 25 days a year of training for our players. Uh, where we think we picked that up when we moved. Um, so that was the number one thing is, uh, it's very difficult to be play minor league hockey when you're on the, on airplanes and everybody else is on buses. And so, you, 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 we put ourselves at a, at a bit of a disadvantage mm-hmm. and that's nobody's fault, right? It's nobody's fault, but it's just the way it was. Yeah. I mean, there, there just aren't as many AHL teams, uh, close There's to none. Charlotte. There's a bunch, <laughs> right? There's a bunch obviously that Chicago. are close to Chicago. All right. Now yeah. have we done this? We had originally uh, tried to uh, have this conversation about two weeks ago and had we done this two weeks ago, it might not have been official, but it became official today. I think, uh, at least that's the way it's been phrased to me. Uh, Mike Maniscalco is your TV voice. I do want to talk about Mike, um, but you know your fan base uh, is in love with John Forsland. Uh, so if you could just explain, I don't know, uh, explain your point of view with this, and then I, I do want to talk about Mike because I think it should be about Mike more than John, but uh, they want to know about, those. these people want to know about John too. Yeah, I mean, I don't, look, I agree. It's, you know, Mike's Mike is there, right? He's. I think he always wanted a job like this. I think he's good at it, and I think I think he cares. I, John's super talented, and you know, we just couldn't come to a deal. And uh, I wish we could have. I I think he's really good at it. You know, I've I actually prefer him when I watch these national games. I always hope it's him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he's super talented. Um, yeah. So you know, it's it's. You know, sometimes, sometimes change happens, right? And mm-hmm. and you know, I found, I found out that people don't like change very much, and and uh, well, you know, I understand, right? Like, by the way, I want, I'd be really worried if no one cared every time mm-hmm. we did something, right? So it's okay, and I'm not, I'm not saying we've done everything right all the time, and. You know, but I think we end up with someone doing our games that cares about the team that people like that does a good job. So it's, 
you know, hopefully people will enjoy him as, as at some point, as much as they enjoy John, but it's, it wasn't, it wasn't like we had a problem. It was just, we couldn't, we couldn't agree on how to do this in these different times. Yeah. Look, we, everybody, everybody has to, uh, you know, kind of make decisions that are best for them. And I know, you know, John had a decision to make that was best for him. Um, and it, you said something about Mike and it does occur to me that there is a similarity between Mike and Rod in that Mike does genuinely care. Uh, and he's a wonderfully nice guy. And, uh, I thought he got better as the playoffs wore on. Uh, I mean, do you even envy the position, the shoes, uh, for, uh, for Mike, but he knows it and he's got a great self-deprecating sense of humor about it. Uh, but he's in a, he's in a difficult spot, but he did a good job. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, the the people at the the Fox Sinclair folks had more to do with telling if it could he do it and how he did, and because what do I know, right? Like, I honestly, I'll turn the sound off sometimes, especially if I listen to that guy in Boston. I just turn this. It's <laughs> like if if I turn on the NA, if I turn on our game and I can't get our feed, I'll just mute the damn thing, right? Um, so. But I thought Mike was pretty good and, and I was happy about it. And then I found out that the people who get paid to make these decisions think he's really good at it. So, um, you know, right or wrong, I've decided to put all of our resources to get the players the best care, training, coaching, uh, and get the best players on our team. And, that means sometimes that people are going to disagree with how we allocate resource mm-hmm. that's not on the ice, but that's the decision. And it, it might be wrong. And I wish it were different. I wish we could take care of everybody. Um, but, you know, first and foremost, we're going to get the best players. It is about the ice. Um, that that's is, it. That is something that you have said from the very, very beginning. And finally, Dallas or Tampa Bay. And again, we are uh, doing this the day before game four with Tampa Bay leading the series 2-1. I picked Dallas going into this series uh, for reasons that may or may not turn out to be right. Um, 2-1 Tampa. Who do you like in this series? You know, look, I've grown up watching Dallas and for years until I've until I bought the Hurricanes, I watched all their games, went to all their games. And so I have, you know, a bit of an emotional attachment. And I, I, uh, so I was kind of rooting for them in that way. Um, but if you're just talking pure talent, you know, I think <laughs> if you take, if you take Point, Kucherov, Hedman, and Vasilevsky, they may have the four best players. And Jamie Benn's really good, and Heskinen's mm-hmm. really good. They're stars. But they may have the four best players. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think the way I always look at it is which roster would I want? <laughs> and I think it's obvious. Right. And I think, I think it would be unanimous in the league. But that's what's one good thing about hockey. Hockey's literally 50% luck. Mm-hmm. Right? So, the better team does not win as often as they should. And so I don't think it's surprising if Dallas wins, but I think if you were betting your hard earned money, you'd probably bet on Tampa, but it's not, uh, you know, even the most lopsided of Stanley cup finals might only be 65 or 70% to the favorite. And I don't think this, I don't think this is that, you know, I think it's kind of 55, 45, 
percentage wise. And but if Dallas wins the next three, you wouldn't say how that happened because they're, they're pretty damn good. I think Dallas is the best skating blue line in the league. Uh, you do? Why? Why do you think that? I just think they're great. You mean skaters. the one guy? No, I think all no. of them. I think the I think their whole blue line is uh, are outstanding why? skaters. No, no, the one guy is like world class. Heskinen is tremendous. Yeah, he's unbelievable, but right. no, that's I don't think that's why they're I don't know. You might be right, but I <laughs> you know, I don't think that's right. I don't okay. think that's why they're good. All right, you watch yeah, it more than I do. You could be right. Yeah. And if yeah. and if Tampa takes advantage of that, then uh then it, then it is right. By the way, I think it should be a league rule that Steven Stamkos cannot skate on your fourth line. Yeah, that's pretty good, huh? Mm-hmm. I wonder what's wrong with him. I don't know. He's hurt again, though. He got hurt. In, he's not uh, playing. He, he only played five and a half minutes in Game Three. So, and now he's done. He might be. We don't know. We, uh, but uh, they he they declared him unfit to practice yesterday oh, yeah? or today. Uh, so we'll see. He, he, I mean, with a two one lead, you have the the luxury of uh, of letting him uh, letting him kind of ease back into it if he can ease back into it. They can win the series. They won Game Two without him. They can win Game Four without him. Well, look when it, and that's the thing we talk about different players and contracts and all that. You know, mm-hmm. like someone's winning without the guy you're talking about, right? Whoever it is we talk about, <laughs> right. there's, there's, there's 16 teams winning. If everybody plays, there's 16 teams winning that that guy's not on. And so you have to be really careful in hockey. Hockey's not basketball, right? LeBron James, you put them on any team, they're going to the playoffs. <laughs> there's right. no hockey player that right. you could have you put on our team even three years ago that would have taken us to the Stanley Cup finals, mm-hmm. you know? And so... Uh, and today, if we brought in the best player in the world, whoever that would be, and replaced, because you have to give up some things to fit them in the cap, it wouldn't change our odds very much. It's just, right. you know, hockey's just different. So it is. They'll be, I think they'll be fine without it. Now, if that point, if that point doesn't play, I don't know. He's pretty good. He's a dynamite. I love Braden Point. I love the way he yeah. plays. Uh, yeah. Go get him. Go, uh, go get him. <laughs> no. No? Okay. We got our guys. All We're right. good. Uh, See you. Thank you very much for your time. All right. See you. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Take care. So a little long. We covered a lot of ground. I don't know if we solved any of the world's problems. We didn't talk about uh, wearing masks, uh, although I hope the Hurricanes are selling all sorts of masks. I've seen them since my kids playing hockey. Uh, I've seen plenty of of Hurricanes masks. Uh, But uh, I thank you for hanging out. Thank Tom Dundon for his time. We're sponsored by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company, online, aluminumcompany.com. Tell Sammy Hanna and the guys over there that I said hello. That won't get you anything, uh, but they're wonderfully nice people, and they'll be friends for life. Uh, So that's the Canes Corner podcast for this edition. Uh, This is September 24th. And we are headed for the draft in about two weeks uh, and then free agency right after that. So uh, we'll, we'll catch you very soon uh, with some more Canes Corner podcast. Stay tuned for that. And I appreciate you uh, if you subscribe. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating, if you will. If you subscribe to it, it shows up. I don't even have to let you know. It just shows up automatically wherever you get your podcast. So uh, thank you very much for hanging out. I am Adam Gold, and we will see you next time. 
You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.